Welcome to Rooster Radio, a broadcast dedicated to supporting and promoting local artists in the Gaston County and surrounding areas. Thank you for joining us. This week we're talking to Charlotte-based metal band, The Silencing Machine. These guys are making metal with a purpose and unapologetically carry the torch for what they believe in. Before we get started, let's listen to their song Vicious right now.
say that song is vicious <laughs> suspenseful heavy this song's got it all man well done well Thanks. done thank you that's actually not our heaviest song well that's good to know <laughs> that gives me something to look forward to that's like that's like medium that's like medium space. i mean it, it's on the heavier end of the spectrum but it's definitely not the heaviest no we got some like ultra brutal stuff yeah. we're well, working on some ultra brutal stuff too it's no secret that I love the heavy stuff. So, welcome to the show, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Silencing Machine. We're talking to Danae, Jeremiah, and Max. Uh, introduce yourself to our audience. Tell them what you do in the band. Uh, my name is Danae. I'm the singer. Sometimes I do piano stuff. Uh, I'm <laughs> Jeremiah. I do bass. Um, I'm also co-front with vocals, and I do, uh, I, I do sound design. Uh, I'm Max. I'm... Guitarist, uh, songwriter, programs, programs, uh, production, recording, mixing. Rock on, and we're missing Micah tonight, who is yeah. your drummer. Yeah. He, he's a working stiff. All right, well, shout out to Micah. Sorry he couldn't be here, but we're glad you're here to talk about your music. That song was called Vicious. Now, is this song on your EP that was just released? No, sir. So, originally, before the plague hit... We <laughs> the plague. The plague. Before the plague came. Is that the inspiration for the name of your album? Uh, actually, yes. So this is kind of part of the story. So, so we had this plan. So we, we released three songs, and then we were going to do an EP, and then do our full length. Well, the plague hit. So we were like, okay, well, hmm, shit. <laughs> and so we kind of spent a day of practice, actually not practicing, kind of sitting around staring at each other, um, wondering exactly what we should do. And then... And then the governor said that we should stay in our homes for three, four weeks. Yeah, and so that happened. And then we got together and spent another practice staring at each other, wondering what we should do. And listening to, because I have a bad habit of, if you leave me alone with a guitar, an interface, and a computer, I will write stuff. I have a problem, and I am not afraid to admit it. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's such a thing as Songwriters Anonymous, so we have to deal with it. Um, um, and, and yeah, so we spent a we spent practice listening to the songs that I that I had written, and we picked two of the two of them. Yeah, and then George Floyd happened, and so then we really got to talking about the role of art as it pertains. All right, to you're jumping. Okay, so all right, you're actually jumping ahead of my questions here. Um, I was going to ask. If there's an intention, yes. because listening to your music, I'm picking up on all of the the um, the language and, and the vibe that you're putting out there. And I was going to ask, is there an intentional statement you're making yes. here with this band? Because it definitely shows when I read and listen to your music. 
Yes, uh, um, um, I'll, I'll let Danae kind of expand on, on it. It, 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 it's, it's multifaceted, but yes, broadly speaking, we as musicians believe that art has a purpose. Art's purpose is to say something. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, art, historically speaking, from the time humans first put handprints on walls or made the first flutes, art exists to commentate. Yeah, absolutely. It's, is, it's, art has been a social commentary since yes. its inception. That, I couldn't agree yeah. more. And it's not meant to be comfortable. Well, yeah. Some of it is, but you're right. It shouldn't always be. And, and, and we personally do not have a concern with saying what we have to say. If what we have to say makes you uncomfortable, good. Right. We're doing our job. <laughs> and then, you know, there's other parts. They can kind of expand on that. So with that, um, we wrote may 25th about george floyd and so i think one of the statements we try to show throughout our music is that we are all unique and we're all different um and that we want to stand up for the people who feel like they they are the same or feel like um they don't fit in that can come out in our music sometimes we also write music um about the times so yeah we like to stand up for people a lot <laughs> Speaking for those, you know, who can't always speak for themselves yeah, and that yeah. kind of nature. I mean, I, I certainly have some experience in that myself. You know, being mm -hmm. a, um, you know, not to get too personal, but being the father of a disabled child, there have been times where I have taken that torch and I have lit fires under people's asses, you know, to get, you know, mm -hmm. so resources and help mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. not just my son, but other children that, that need, you know, that don't have a voice for themselves. So I, I applaud you and give you a little hand clap <laughs> yeah. for that, for being willing and brave enough to take a stand for something you believe in and finding a creative way to do it. Cause yeah. you know, I'll admit, I, there's a lot of things, a lot of injustices I see that I want to stand up for. I don't have that level of talent to put it out there in a way that you do. So I'm very, you know, I admire what you do a lot. So well, thank, thank you for doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I'm autistic and you know, growing up the weird kid and the different kid and being discriminated against it job after job after job, you know, because you can't see my disability. And I have I can carry on good discourse, you know, I, I don't look like what people think an autistic kid ought to look like. Right. Because when people think autistic, they think extremely affected, unable to be verbal or something like that. And well, there's different levels. There, there are. Yeah. I mean, I would hesitate to say levels. There are different. There are different um, amounts of effectiveness. I would say because it's a spectrum. It's said better, yeah. Yeah. Um, like I can't live by myself. There's no way I can live by myself. I. That is not. It's just not possible. It's not in the cards. No, I can't. I can't do that. I mean, I'll be 38 this year, and I, and um, it's been taking me. It's taking me this long to learn how to drive. I'm driving a car. Congratulations. And I, I can drive across town by myself. I can drive at night. I haven't driven during the rain yet. I'm, I'm working on that. I still don't like driving in the yeah. rain. <laughs> don't don't, don't be so night. anxious <laughs> to get out in the um, rain. But I am driving, and I can do that by myself. Um, well, I mean, as in I can operate the vehicle. There's someone in the car with me. But Well, all right. So let's talk more about the band. The nucleus of this band is Jeremiah and Max, right? From, from, from what I could gather, you guys have known each other the longest. Yes. So talk about how this relationship started and how it blossomed into creating music together. And then we'll bring in the rest of the, the well, band. It, it's it kind of started, um, I came from a musical family and 
I actually got a guitar from my grandmother when I was three years old, but I never learned to play it until I was about 15. Now, were you just not interested, or did you try and it wasn't working out for you? Like, well, was that uh, the case for you? Or Well, one thing about me is I, I have ADHD, <laughs> so... Um, like I would pick it up and, you know, I'd, you know, strum on it a little bit at a young age. I was more interested in, in, you know, going outside and playing basketball and stuff like that. And then at 15, for some reason, I just, I just picked up that guitar again and I started trying to learn. Actually, no, it was about 13 or 14. I picked up that guitar again and started trying to learn. And then at 15, my parents got me guitar lessons that I took for about a year, learned the basics, and then said, okay, I'm going to do the rest on my own. And I got to a point where I wanted to start writing music. Now, I had met Jeremiah when we were in seventh grade. He got accidentally put into a theater class with me. Accidentally, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was one of those things where he, they needed to put him in a class, and there was space in that class at that time on his schedule, so just kind of, there he went. Mm. <laughs> and in that class, I, kn I knew that he was learning to play bass. And, you know, I was learning to play guitar. And so... And at 15, you're like, hey, you do music. He's yeah. like, hey, you do music. Let's do music together, right? Yeah, that was, that was pretty much the conversation. <laughs> yeah. I don't, even, I don't even think we would consider each other friends at that point. We were just people that... I don't even think we would say hi to each other in the hallway. It was just kind of, we were aware of each other's existence. <laughs> and, and then, you know, we started... You started jamming. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so yeah, that's right. So I ended up in that class. I, I'm, a, I'm a painter and illustrator. That's actually my day job is I, I'm a painter. I draw. And I oh, okay. So comic Talk books, portraits, all kinds of stuff. Like I did the artwork for our, for our EP. You just got talent coming out your pores, don't you? <laughs> Some, I don't know about that. Some people think so, but maybe. Um... I'm, it's still a learning process, I would say. Um, but you know, I I wanted to play bass. You know, I always I always loved things like Pink Floyd and stuff like that, and I just I liked that sound. And my, my parents were like, "Why bass?" I said, "Because Roger Waters." It's funky. Because bass. Yeah. I don't know. I just want that. I I want that. Whatever that is, that's what I want. <laughs> and so, like, I got a bass, and I got a distortion pedal, I got a chorus pedal, a wah pedal, and I was like, "Oh yeah, good to go." <laughs> In there. And Except you didn't know how to use them yet. No, I know. I, I, I sound like hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Oh, it was like, like I made dogs howl. Now, who were you guys listening to back then? Like, what were the musical influences? That, you know, I and mean, you said Pink Floyd, Roger Waters, which is, by the way, one of my, I mean, they're in my top three of all time. I have an, I have a love affair with Pink Floyd that just goes beyond explanation. I, I love them. So, uh, I, was, I was doing Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Tool, Nine Inch Nails, Alice in Chains, um, Pearl Jam, uh, helmet, nice. Um, oh, Fear Factory. I would just go the gambit, and like I would in, even in my bass training sessions that I would do on my own. I would start with Pink Floyd, then I'd end something like ultra heavy, and I would just go through the whole thing. Even jazz I had jazz in there too. Like I would play Sade and stuff like that because their nice. bass player is really awesome. Uh, that guy is smooth. Tell you <laughs> what, and um, and so <laughs> incidentally. I would get lost because sometimes my ear would get confused with the lower register of the guitar and the higher register of the bass. And so I started learning how to harmonize with the guitar and play the guitar line while I was playing the bass line so I didn't lose my place. And that ended up becoming a stylistic feature of my playing nice. over time. Yeah. 
Nice. All right. So, so how do you guys go from being teenagers, jamming out, figuring it all out, to creating this silencing machine, if you will, that you, that you have going? And how did, how did Danae come into the picture? You know, we were in bands together in high school, and we were actually in a band called The Silencing Machine in high school, which was a mistake. Um, <laughs> it was so bad. It, it was really bad. But <laughs> Only one picture survives of that show. Yeah, <laughs> and I keep on trying to get him to burn it. But anyway. Um, you should be your next and, album cover. You should see Max in giant pants. But then, <laughs> but then after high school, um, he kind of moved up to Raleigh, and uh, he did some bands up there. And I stayed here, and I did a few bands uh, around here, and then about together. Was it like 2016? Something like that. I was going through a, Damn, we a, a kind of a dark place, and we just got together and started working on stuff again. It's amazing how working it out on the instruments, working yeah. it out through music will get you through. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. I mean, for it's therapy for me. I can only imagine what it is for guys with your level of talent. Danae, tell me, tell me how you got introduced to these guys. Well, first, I do want to say um, that I've been looking for a band ever since I got into like rock and metal. I've been looking for a band ever since I was in, I want to say, middle school, like the beginning of middle school. And so I've been actively searching, like actively trying to start my own, actively like trying to get into bands, and they just never worked out. Have you always been a singer? Like, did yes. You, so, so were you singing in like chorus and all that stuff? Or? I was singing in church. In church, like at. Seven, six, or something. How'd you get in? Influ- how'd you get introduced to like heavy metal music? I think. Well, first, I th- I think it was because so when you're younger, um, and there's people around you that listen to those types of things, you kind of like soak in what they're listening to. So like my cousin, um, I would hang out with um, my cousins. They were boys at the time. Would play video games and stuff, and he would be he would put on like like Flyleaf and um. Um, what else? Like other metal bands and stuff. And then I was just listening to it and I'm like, hmm, I like that. So I kept listening to it and I was finding more bands and my whole my whole I had an iPod, like the old one, and it had, it was just full of bands. All like I wanted to listen to. The one that you to. had to spin your thumb around yep. to find the music. <laughs> all I had on there were rock bands. That's all I wanted to listen to. That's all I was all about that. So and then like the whole emo scene kit thing came about and so people got into like metalcore, hardcore, stuff like that. Asking Alexandria, bring me the horizon, stuff like that. So yeah. <laughs> so so you got influenced by all this man, and you you're realizing as a singer you want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so how did you end up meeting Jeremiah and Max? Um, I, it was my last semester of college, and I was about to go into marketing stuff, um, because I like to do advertising and marketing. And I I had put up one last ad online, and I was like, okay, let me try one more time. So it's like. I was just, I was in my internship for marketing and everything, like marketing design. So I was about to head into that, but I was like, okay, let me try one more time. So I put up an ad that said, I'm a singer. I've won an award at like a national, whatever award, first place. I've done this, 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 and I want to do this. If you want me, let me know or whatever. And then that's when they hit me up. I was like, hey girl. Yeah. (laughs) So you say that you were like, let me try this one last time, but you've got, Clearly, you have the bug in you to sing. That wasn't going to be your last time, yeah, Preston, I was it? <laughs> it just sounds like more dramatic. And last time. So let, let, me tell you, let me tell you what. This girl comes in, right? And so she walks in, and she's all bubbly, like, 
I'm like, I don't know. Do you think she wasn't taking it seriously enough? I wasn't sure what to make of it, but you know, I mean, being autistic, I don't, uh, I don't always read some certain things. So okay. I'm just, I'm just like, let's just wait. He he might have read her excitement to be trying out for us as, ooh, I'm a little perky bitch, but. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, um, so she's like, so play me that first song. And so, because it's one of our most difficult musical songs musically in the wake of vultures. At the time. At the time. And I was like, are you sure? Like, that's a hard song. Now, did you walk in, did she walk in with, you had lyrics of your own to sing? Like you were ready? She came in with lyrics. So had you, you had already heard the music. Yeah. And were these lyrics you wrote to that music? Yeah. Yeah. They gave me two songs that I had to write to. And I came in with lyrics already memorized everything. Wow. That's impressive. I was like, so it was Divided We Fall in the Wake of Vultures and. Actually, those lyrics are the exact same today as they were the day she walked in that door. Like, she did it, and I was like, okay, you're hired. Can you come back tomorrow? And, and that was, that was like, it. Like, we had had, what, two or three auditions lined up after uh, her? Yeah, we just called them and said, don't worry about it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we were just like, Wow, that's going to feel good, right? <laughs> <laughs> we are like, sorry, slot's full. <laughs> so, so that, and then, now when was that? How long ago was that? When was that, today? Three year? or four years ago? Something so like that. Like 2018-ish, 17-ish? Yeah. 17. Yeah. 17. 17. <clears throat> so how long did it take you guys to craft out like a set where you were ready to take take it to a stage? We took it a year. A year? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I set it out to be a year because I really, really hate doing covers as a pad. I, we don't, I don't play with cover bands. I really just hate it. <laughs> Understood. You know, I don't mind playing other people's music sometimes, but I don't want to play a show playing someone else's stuff because I, I, I get that. And so we spent time, we just wrote, we just, we just hold up two days a week, eight hours of practice, like a job. Wow. Hammered that's it, that's hammered a long it, session. Yeah. And part, and part of that time, you know, was also, we were convinced that we couldn't play live shows without a drummer because like... So were you tracking all the drums? I, how, how, uh, well, I I can't play drums. I can think like a drummer, but I can't actually play drums. So on our early stuff, uh, all the drum parts are programmed. Okay. Um, like even on uh, on Vicious, Micah hadn't joined the band yet, so those drums are drums that I had programmed. And I purposefully looked for the program that would allow us to have the most real-sounding drums so that it's not like you're up there with, you know, ricky ticky drums. So how did you find Micah? <laughs> that was an accident. That was an accident. <laughs> so, you know, I do management, so my job is just to keep my eyes peeled for opportunities. She had posted something, and then this guy named Micah popped up. And so I just let it ride for about a week. And then he started posting pictures of drums, like him playing. And so I messaged him. I was like, hey, you play drums? He goes, yeah. So you like our stuff? Yeah, a lot. I said, you want to be in a band? He goes, maybe. I said, be here <laughs> Friday, 5 o'clock. Now, was yeah. Micah on board with like the, the, the messaging and, and branding and everything? He, he was into yeah. what yeah, you yeah, were yeah. doing? and Yeah, and he came. He came three or four times. We were like, okay, so you want to play drums? He was like, yeah. So. Now, has it been difficult to, to kind of get the, the ball rolling on the momentum? Because it sounds like before the pandemic, you guys sound like you guys were pretty rolling pretty hard. Y'all had done some shows, right? Yeah. Um, the answer to, to, to answer to that is, is, is yes on both fronts, but that requires some explanation. So originally, it was really hard to get shows because we sound so different. 
You know, we're we're death metal, we're black metal, we're thrash, we're prog, we're jazz, but we're also none of those things. We have well, I would even there. say there's a little bit of like like your oh. your European goth like oh, yeah. Yeah. tones, especially with that song right there. You've yeah, got yeah. that kind of ambiance, yeah. suspenseful kind of. Reminds me of like a Within Temptation kind of kind of kind of vibe yeah. going, and Thank I, you I for not love that. Evanescence. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people didn't know what to make of that here, you know, because it was just this this sound that was so different from everyone else. And um, you know, like there, I can't name any band other than Extinction Level Event that has a bassist that does leads, other than us. All right. So, you know, no one just knew what to do with that. But then once we started getting shows and people started kind of slowly getting on and then getting on, and then in 2019, we were getting a lot more momentum. We had about 15 shows lined up before everything got cut off. Yeah. And then we lost all that, like everybody lost it. And then um, we've only played two shows this year so far. And but How did they go? Um, our last one was Skylark, and it was great. Our first one before that was not so great. <laughs> I've heard Skylark does a lot of good for the metal scene. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I haven't place. met those guys yet. I would like to meet those they're guys. Cool cats. Our boy uh, Pete, he's yeah. a sound guy, man. Pete, if you're listening, boy, I love you. I want to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the owners there are really yeah, nice. Yeah, Marissa. Marissa, um, Marissa, let me look up her name. So we've got we've had another band on the show, metal band called Thought Union, that's that that has spoke highly of Skylark. So it's nice to know that there's yeah. places out there giving love to the metal. So you know we when we we get open, we plan on booking all different types of shows. You know yeah. we, we don't want to just be one type of music. Um, and I've said it before on the show; it's no secret that I, I'm I'm absolutely a metalhead. So that's those are going to be my favorite shows. But um, it's nice to know that there are clubs out there where there's like a scene built up for different styles mm-hmm. you know milestone kind of has their you know finger on the pulse of the punk scene and sky but they also put on some really good metal shows yeah we, they do they we, do we played there many two times. or three times yeah and we we went to high school with the owner so okay rock and roll yeah so buck buck we're talking about you man we like you yes <laughs> you do a lot you do a lot for us we thank you very much <laughs> you know skylark's a great place and yeah they they do a fairly diverse Cross section of of shows. Um, we're actually going back there in September. September, yes, yeah, September. And we're gonna be there with Haymaker, Dead Reckoning, and um, uh, the Coursing in us. Um, I think that's it. I think that's the bill. I can't wait. Or, yeah. or, or, or I might have that wrong, but something like that. Um, you, it's I, go, it's, I know Haymaker's on. The yeah, bill. Haymaker's headline. It's gonna be a banger. Whoever's on is gonna be good. You should come in here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made the bill yet, so keep your eyes. Open. Well, I, I gotta say, I, I'm really impressed with you guys. You know, you, you, you've, you're putting in the work. You're doing all the right things to get the sound out there. And now, with things are opening back up and shows are, are starting to be booked again, you guys are booking shows. So mm-hmm. you've got a lot to look forward to. Um, I wish we had more more shows, you know, to promote here for you. You know, you've got the one in September. Well, and then we've, we're playing on Blind Tiger on seven, on uh, the third. Mm-hmm. Um, July third. July third. That'd be our first time on Black Tiger. We're really wow. excited about that. Black Tiger's that's a big deal. The America yeah. Show, right? Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah. Got uh, it's it's us. Well, a trailer park orchestra, trailer park orchestra open. Then it's us. Then it's push the attack. Um, um, Ve- uh, Vagler Morgus. I can never say their name right. Matt Toombs band. Um, and um, within the rot is headlining. Oh, that's a big bill. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's exciting. It's gonna be that. Those are gonna be yeah. And then we're going to Milestone on the thirtieth of July. It's gonna be us, Annabelle Lee, 
um, a band from Tennessee um, called Ravener that they're friends with Bucks um, and uh, Strike the Tower. So that's mm. going to be a banger too. So nice. Come, come, come break yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I'm assuming so far the shows you play, you know, you're being well received by the community. Other bands are, are like kind of, you know, getting on board. Now and you say we have a common friend in Lilith Rising. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd like to see a show with you two together. I think that you guys would make a great bill together. We have one. No, that got canceled. Oh, that canceled. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, just give me, let me get my doors open. We'll, we'll make it happen, okay? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> we, we've been trying to get in with Lilith Rising. Yeah, well, oh, wow. so uh, I'm in contact with both the drummer and the, and the vocalist uh, pretty regularly, actually. It's just a matter of schedules lining up. We love those guys, um, Taryn and Alan. Um, but uh, they're, uh, they're uh, I didn't know it until they told me but they're apparently like very big fans of ours uh which was well anybody that listens to metal music in this area and hasn't given you guys a a listen yet really should go give you guys a listen i'm telling you doing a little bit of research for this episode i was i mean i was in a hotel room just jamming to your (laughs) music so why don't we take this opportunity to tell our audience where to find your music where would you like people to go to support the silencing machine. Uh, Spotify has all of our stuff. Uh, uh, just, isn't that right? Yeah, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, uh, iTunes. Um, it's Apple Music. Apple Music. Yeah, Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we on like Deezer and other things? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Also on YouTube. Yep. So if you don't have access to Spotify, I know some people probably don't, or Apple Music or whatever. It's on YouTube. So. Uh, and also, you also have a website, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we do. We, we we're still working on getting some more merch out, so we don't we don't have active links to things like that. Like, and we don't have physical copies yet. You know, there's a cost factor involved. In, yeah. Oh yeah. It's know. not cheap to to no. make music. So, <laughs> we're our our next endeavor once we have the proper funds is getting merch out, but um, doing uh both CD and vinyl. Um, now you know Bandcamp has a vinyl pressing yes. service. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we're, I we're, highly we're encourage just about every band that comes on here to get on the Bandcamp. It's of all of the platforms out there that cater to to local musicians. They're my you know, there's SoundCloud and Reverb Nation and all these sites, you know, Apple, Spotify, but Bandcamp's my favorite. Number one reason is because they they get they let the bands keep more of their money than anyone yeah. else. Yeah, and well, now they're offering these extra services like vinyl pressing yeah. that that. You know, you just you as a local or a regional artist, you don't get opportunities mm-hmm. like that. You know, until you've got a, some sort of a deal, and then you then you're in debt. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You yeah. know, people think that you sign a deal that all of a sudden your dreams come true. That is well, not how that works. That's not how it works, that is man. To servitude. <laughs> yeah, they give you an advance, and now you owe them. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not what people think uh, it is. Although parts of the industry are changing. Um, you know, I'm an avid reader of music business worldwide. You know. Very exciting reading. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like it. <laughs> Riveting. Oh my god! So you know, I do a lot of reading on metrics and markets and market in- analytics and all that stuff. Um, and there are a lot of mid-range labels that are making some changes, allowing artists to uh, keep their masters, uh, or even opting for leasing the masters for a certain period of time. That's cool. Uh, so, well, the digital age has brought on a whole new, you know, it's completely changed the music industry. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's no longer, 
you know, program managers, program directors, and record executives deciding what everyone hears anymore. Yep. There's just mm-hmm. they don't have that power anymore, and mm-hmm. it's and the opus is or the onus is on the artist mm-hmm. to promote themselves in order to get that that stuff out there. And and that's how people. That's how I listen. That's how everyone's listening now is on these streaming services. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's so much amazing talented musicians so many amazing talented musicians that are local musicians and all over the country they they need that's the reason why we're opening the rooster is because i feel like there's just way too much talent here in this area and that needs to be put on display it needs to be given this opportunity to shine bright mm-hmm. and yeah. that's what we're all about and i do think that since technology's changed the way we consume music oh, it's going to take places like the rooster like skylark mm-hmm. like milestone to get that next generation of of you know influential artists out there mm-hmm. you know they they need people artists need a stage they need a place to perform and yeah. and i think that's how that's how we get the word out by getting out there and playing live music. So, you know, I can't wait to have you on our stage, man. I do. I highly recommend getting on Bandcamp, and I highly recommend that our audience check these guys out on Spotify, on YouTube. Give these guys a like. Give these guys a listen, especially if you're into metal music. Cause I'm telling you, it's good stuff. Man. <laughs> well, it's you. really thank good you. stuff. We're, we're getting on. We're getting a lot of traction. Getting on a lot of radio stations. You know, we've we're on WNRR. Out of San Antonio. Um, oh, wow. We, um, which is internet radio. Uh, we've been holding steady in the top 10 unsigned metal bands uh, worldwide. Um, on that's their, fantastic. On their poll for seven, six weeks? Six weeks now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, we've, we haven't, we, our highest spot has been uh, five so far. Last but, week we were at 10. Well, yeah, we dropped a bit last week. But we've, we've been battling out hard. I mean, we come out swinging, man. You know, like our shows, we we come out, we we kicking in thus, then we punch in the face. Love it, <laughs> and we don't let you up. Uh, we we just now broke the UK market, um, and now I'm working on Asia, trying to get to the Asian market. So nice. you know, it's world domination, huh? That's yes, <laughs> but you know, you know, you know, picking in the brain. Yes. Yeah, it's like that. That you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's 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 bring some levity to the conversation. Let's let's talk about. You know, let's talk about your your current influences. You know, you, you you guys, you came up with the '90s rock and heavy metal. You came up with the 2000s, the post hardcore, and the and the new metal. Who are we listening to now? Let's talk about that. I, I mean, I don't know how new they are, but uh, <laughs> lately I've been really jamming on like Camelot. Yeah, I I hate to say I loved the first Five Finger Death Punch album. I loved it. The first three or four of them were really good. Really, I mean, yeah. I don't think they really became a meme until their third album. I don't get the hate for Five Finger Death. But I'm gonna I'm gonna get on my soapbox right now. Okay, first <laughs> of all, <laughs> all you people out there that hate on Five Finger Death Punch, go eat a dick. All right, that <laughs> band is heavy as shit. They know that their name is a joke. Like they they've they've, they've made no you know no secret about it. The guy, if you've ever seen them live, then you get it. Like they're a good metal band, man. They're everything you want in a metal band. They're heavy. They're angry. They're talented, you know, and, and the dude, they, they, the dude can sing. I mean, I don't get the hate for Five Finger. I know a lot of people think of them. I think I think they're one of those bands that um, it's like it's like uh, I'm pissing people off here. It's like Dallas Cowboys. People don't hate the team; they hate their fans. And I think that there's just a lot of Five Finger Death Punch fans out there that rub people the wrong way. I I, I think there's some truth to that. I think there's some truth to that. Um, and I mean. 
If I'm honest, I don't hate Five Finger Death Punch. I just, you know, their first, like, two albums really kind of spoke the to me. The Bleeding? I mean, yeah. that song still makes hair stand up yeah. when I'm in the right, and it catches me at the right time. Yeah, those their, their first yeah. two albums really spoke to me, and then their third album came along, and it was like, there's some good songs on here, but, and I, I think they kind of, they kind of, in some way suffer from Metallica syndrome where they had these really good albums and then they come out with, that's a great point. And then they come out, you know, Metallica came out with a black album, which I mean, I, I admit I'm not a huge fan of the black album. It's not not, their best. And I'm not a huge fan of the stuff they did after the black album. Well, what I, what I would tell people back, even back when load and reload came out, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of Metallica fans hated it and I get it. I do. I get why the fans didn't like it. But I would say, try to imagine, if you would, that that was a different band. Yeah, I think they're great albums. I think they're yeah. horrible Metallica albums. Right. If if any uh, if any other band would have wrote those albums, people would have loved that music. Yeah. But it's because it was. It's the same thing with Limp Bizkit. They came out with that, the 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 album that was all poppy, and it was like all of a sudden it was like this isn't the band that we. I mean, it, so many bands fall prey mm. to that trap, you know. And and I guess I don't know. You get enough money, it gets hard to stay inspired. I, I don't know. I, uh, I've been listening. I like uh, now. I listen to a lot of like In Flames, Heaven Shall Burn, um, Paradise Lost, Trivium. Trivium uh, is amazing. Um, I like Kill Switch. Trivium reminds me a lot of Metallica. Well, that that's their heavy influence. Of, yeah. Uh, 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 um, uh, Mastodon. Gojira. I really like them. Oh my God. I just Um, discovered those guys like a couple years ago. And I was like, how did I not know about this band (laughs) before now? Um, So that's 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 what I like. But also on the opposite spectrum, I listen to a lot of acoustic stuff. Mm -hmm. So I like like City in Color, um, who was Dallas Green, who was the um, clean vocalist from Alexis on Fire. Oh, okay. Um, He's a brilliant songwriter. It's good, good training. Um, What about you? What are you listening to these days? uh, I've been listening to Beartooth a lot. Which um, Caleb, he he came from Attack Attack, and he writes all the stuff for Bear Tooth, like drums, guitar, everything. So I he, did not know that. Yeah, he's really good. Um, I think who else? I think um, Bring Me the Horizon. Still, even though they changed their sound, I really still like it. Big anyway. time, big I, time. Yeah. I still like it, especially Ludens. That song is really good. I'm trying to think who else. I really like their song "Happy Song." That's that's. Oh, you like it? I love that song. Oh, Happy nice. Song. That's a damn good song, man. Yeah, like they're one of the bands that have changed. They've evolved, but they still are them. Like, yeah. it's it's hard to explain. I don't know. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think uh, one one thing I think, and the three of us have talked about it a lot, you know, because you go through our whole collection of songs we have out right now. You start with the Wicked Vultures, and you end with Strange Fruit, and you're and. There's evolution there. It's the same band. It's still heavy. Bands should evolve. Right. And I think a lot of people get married to the idea of the band that they had when they first got introduced. Yeah. And have this conflict of, perhaps understanding maybe, of that the evolution of a musician is not only important, but imperative. Well, it's, I I think, so I'm glad you brought that up. I think it is important to to point out that you know musicians do evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the the you look at bands that have had the most longevity. I mean, let's go mm-hmm. all the way back, like Beatles and the Stones, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you can't. Yeah. Beatles didn't even stay together, but the Stones stay together. 
But what did the Stones do? They consistently wrote good rock and roll, and none of it sounded the same. Reinvent yourself. They, 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 consist, they consistently wrote good rock and roll until the 80s. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, you look wow. at bands like, uh, like Pearl Jam, right? Pearl Jam's still around, still writing good music. They evolved. They had a couple albums there that were kind of... Uh, but then they kind of they who right for 20 right years? you get you you I play mean, music for 20 30 years you, you know you can't, they can't all be home runs right yeah. and you know it's it's just like any any other artist you know you have to evolve i think i think that what happens to your point most really super successful bands capture like a generation yes. of youth right mm-hmm. and and we all know that as youth we're so heavily influenced by art specifically music Especially when you're a kid trying to figure out how you how to express yourself or mm-hmm. trying to figure out how you feel about something. You hear a song or you hear an album and it just speaks to you. And it's like, that's like this defining moment in your life when you heard this album. And that's a really high standard for a yeah. band. You know, as, as, a, for, as a musician, you know, you've put something out there that people have related to on such a personal level. Yeah. How in the world are you going to repeat that, right? You yeah. can't. You and can't. You have to keep like reinventing yourself and evolving as a musician. You know, expression for me is deeply important. You know, I love it. You guys are an absolute breath of fresh air. I, I love it. I love talking, getting digging deep. You know, finding that inspiration and that motivation. You know, talking about why you do what you do. We don't. We don't. We probably don't do that enough on this show. But it's 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 this is wonderful. I wanna I wanna wrap things up, but I wanna give you guys an opportunity to speak to our audience. Tell. To give our audience a little nugget to take with them before we wrap things up here. Always be yourself and don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. If you work hard enough and you actually are consistent, you can do it. So. She took mine. I'm proof of that, so. All right, Max, you go. Let me think. <laughs> um, I was going to say, and this is kind of piggybacking off of what Danae said. Um, one thing, and this is kind of the, the root of the name of Silencing Machine, is in your life there are always going to be voices telling you that what you're doing isn't going to work. Some of them are going to be real. Some of them are going to be imagined. Some of them are going to be up here. And the best thing that you can do is to look at those voices in the face and tell them to shut up. Because that's what's going to keep you from being what you can be. Couldn't agree more. I, I deal with that on a daily basis trying to get this place open. <laughs> um, I guess I, you know, I would say you know, coming from you know, being a person with disabilities, living in poverty because of my disabilities for a long time, but always believing in a vision. Because even if the world didn't think I could do it, I know I could. And so having the courage to believe in yourself when the rest of the world says you aren't worth believing in. You know, uh, I've been a martial artist for 23 years, and that's something I learned in the dojo uh, over three black belts and six arts. And um, it's uh, it's an important message, you know, um, and it's something that I continually do for us every day as a manager, you know, because we're so different. A lot of people say we don't fit, or... <laughs> There's been a lot of times where I've gotten no, and then two months later I'll come back around the same person and they put me on the bill. 
I love it, man. <laughs> I, I can't. I couldn't agree more. I, you have my support. You you definitely got a fan in me, and hopefully mm-hmm. the people listening will agree. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Silencing Machine. Go check them out. This has been another episode of Rooster Radio.